absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and continuing with our interview series as the shutdown has affected everyone, I've got Jimmy Ferguson here today. And some of you might not be super familiar with that name, but you might know him from Instagram as Tiger Golf Traveler. Jimmy is on a quest to play, I wouldn't even say the top 100, but as many of the top courses in the U.S. as possible. Jimmy, what's the good word? Oh, just, you know, thank you for having me. Uh, uh, happy to talk with you today. And like you mentioned, as we're all kind of kind of quarantined here, it's good to get any uh, any golf content in that we can. Now, you're you're down in South Carolina, right? That's right. Yep. All right. So what's the uh, what's the vibe like down there right now with golf? I know Myrtle Beach is locals only, but what's what's the rest of the state like? It's kind of weird. Uh, we don't have any. Um, we don't have a stay-at-home order per se. Um, they're suggesting that we do, but golf courses are open. Um, they're apparently packed. Um, I, you know, for you know, to not get into the arguments for or against, I haven't really played at all. Um, but that's that's more just for what I do for my real job compared to what's going on. So we'll just kind of see how it goes. I mean, it's you know, every news report is is what it is. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, it's been a wild time. You know, I, I, I want to start right, right away off the bat, um, you know, on your website, which is tigergolftraveler.com. Um, it's not only course reviews of the courses that you've played. It's a, it's a ton of other, uh, quirky random golf information, which I love personally. I love the, the, the Good, caddy think, conversations, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the miscellaneous stuff, the random thoughts. The course tours are obviously kind of like the bread and butter. That's like the meat and potatoes of it. But then there's all these little cool archives um, all around. So I want to make everyone jealous out there real quick. Let me just read off a few of your 2019 conquests, uh, if you will. We've got Yeamans Hall, Innisbrook, Stream Song, uh, Aaron Hills, uh, The Bull over at Pinehurst Farms, uh, Whistling Straits, Black Wolf Run, Milwaukee, country club that seems like a hell of a wisconsin trip you went on there yeah that uh, that trip was uh, pretty great <laughs> we've got uh hudson national place that scott and i have played uh old town club bobby jones golf course and then caves valley let's let's start there i've got a good buddy uh dan urban who caddies at caves valley used to caddy on the corn ferry tour and raves about the place they're getting a playoff event next year or two years from now i believe uh, what was your experience there down in Maryland? Uh, so that was good. I did that kind of as a, uh, that was a long weekend trip. Um, my wife went along and, uh, so I played there, um, Ridgewood in New Jersey and, and Hudson national that was all on that same trip. So, um, yeah, caves was great. Um, you know, Tom Fazio and how, you know, there's some, there's a lot of opinions out there on, on his courses, but, uh, um, I loved it. I mean, the place was in great shape. Um, you know, awesome views out there and just, I mean, had a, had a pretty hilarious caddy, which was, which was fun. So, um, yeah, that was just a, that was a great day. I played, uh, play with another Instagram, Instagram golf guy on there. So, uh, so that was, that was a fun day. I really enjoyed Case Valley. 
after looking through kind of all the courses that you've played there, they're not centrally located to South Carolina. You know, a lot of times people will say, oh, I'm playing all the top courses and, and they really localize it to where they are. You're all over the place. How do you manage that within a year? Like if someone calls you right now and says, you know, hey, Jimmy, I got a tea time at, at Cypress Point. I mean, I'm assuming you're like, all right, cool. Let me just book a flight and I'll meet you there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's funny you mentioned that one. I mean, there's there's certain places like Cyprus where, yeah, I would pretty much drop whatever I'm doing to go. Um, you know, other others take a little more planning, but it's um, a lot goes into it. You know, I've got a I think a lot of people can understand this. I have a super understanding wife and supports me on this, which is great. Um, no kids, obviously, which also helps. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so we plan our vacations. Um, you know, one of our, one of our trips last year was to, to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which, you know, she had a lot of friends that were kind of like, why are you doing this? But that's how, <laughs> that's how our vacations are, you know, that's, that's what we do. And, um, so she's, she's great for that, obviously, which I, I'm very thankful for. Well, shout out Jimmy's wife. That's, yeah, I mean, phenomenal. And you're right. Like most people would, would not think of Milwaukee as a vacation destination. But when you read off some of the names of the courses that you hit up while you're there, I mean, it it's almost like a no-brainer, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Milwaukee, super underrated city. We, that's, we had a great time. She had a great time. Um, and she plays occasionally, but not, not like I do. And, and, and we love that trip. Um, so shout out Milwaukee out there. If anybody's listening, that, that was a great, a great time. So walk me through, I guess the beginning stages of how it came to be of, you know, I want to play all these courses because, you know, playing a, a ton of golf, which I do and playing with a lot of different people and, you know, uh, interacting with a, a ton of people on Instagram, everybody has that same idea, right? Everyone has that same mindset of, Hey man, I, I would love to play all these top hundred courses or, or you see golf.com or golf digest list comes out and you're like, Oh, I could, I would drop anything to play this or, or that one. How did, how did that go from a mindset to an actual reality for you? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I, I remember. I mean, I, I started the the site back in 2014, and at that point, I was kind of by that point, I was into it. I wanted to do it. You know, I had played a few courses you know, that were on on lists here or there, um, and just hadn't really you know chronicled any of it or, or any of that. And, and I remember I was reading uh, the website uh, Golf Tripper uh, now. Um, started by a guy named named Steve and he, he had played the top 100 and I, I was kind of read, you know, reading that every day or he'd post it every week or something. And I was like, you know, this is, I kind of want to do this. Um, this is, this is something that, you know, really, I don't know, speaks to me or my personality or quirks or whatever. I like lists and, and checking stuff off and all that kind of stuff. So I said, yeah, let's, let's do it. And then, um, got the okay from from my wife obviously which is step number one and then you know just just said okay how do, how do I want to how do I want to do this and and let's you know I'd like to I got a pretty good memory for courses but I wanted something to where I would have at the bare minimum you know for me to go back and reminisce over over places and then to share it with other people you know however many that is I mean I'm not a I'm not a huge website trying to you know make this my you know, my day job, but, um, you know, just to share it with all the other golf nuts out there who, 
who either may go to play a place or or um, won't get to play it and at least get to see pictures of it. So that's that's kind of that's kind of what spurred me to do it. And I'm assuming as it got bigger and as you started to play more courses, more of these opportunities spring up. To me, it seems like in golf that things start to snowball, you know, um, like, you know, me, for example, you, you have a guest on and then that person says, hey, I've got, you know, this buddy who knows so-and-so and they would love to come on. And, and then that buddy knows somebody and, and it just kind of spreads, you know, is, is that something that you found the same way with with having invites to courses or at least the ability to play some of these courses? Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, it's um, the golf world is um surprisingly small i mean there's there's still places that are that are obviously tough to get on and and are definitely you know uh holy grails per se but um yeah kind of just like you said it it snowballs i mean you you learn a good way of i'm never demanding of anybody or um you know pushy as far as asking for stuff but you find a you find a way to be cordial and, and and graceful about it to to ask in a nice way or just you know, mention what I'm doing and, 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 uh, you know, like you said, the more, the more places you play. And I think I, you know, I try to be a, a good, you know, a great guest and, and, and try to be fun to play with. And, um, I think if you kind of, you know, you put that good out in the golf world, a lot of that will come back to you. That's the point I want to touch on. There are a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are mostly municipal golfers. Mostly they play, you know, their local tracks, maybe some semi-privates. Um, but playing some of these top-tier private clubs is is really a different animal. Um, so give us or give the listeners some recommendations on if they ever did get invited to one of these, you know, top-tier clubs. Like, let me give you an example. There are plenty of clubs outside of Philly, and I know you've played a Ronamink. Playing a um, a semi-private out there that costs sixty bucks a day, you know, and taking a cart with your buddies is a completely different golf experience than playing an old-time club like a Ronamink. So, so what makes for a good guest if you're invited to one of these top-tier clubs? Well, yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think a lot of people can get intimidated or they're nervous throughout the day and which can take away from their experience. So one, I would say, try not to feel that way. It's, it's some somewhat unavoidable, but, um, you know, you're, you're there to have a, a good time, um, and enjoy the experience. So, so definitely go into it with that. Um, and then just being a good guest kind of means a, a few things to me. Um, if I'm invited or a guest of a member that's going to be there, um, usually I'll just reach out to them and say, Hey, you know, what are your, you know, club rules, uh, that kind of thing. I think the, the main difference with a lot of these private places is that, um, you know, they're pretty strict on cell phones, um, compared to a public golf course. Um, you know, they don't want your, your phone out, you know, in the clubhouse or, in, you know, or, or certain places. So that's like the first thing that I ask, um, is, you know, just what's the rules on cell phones and, and that other kind of thing. And then the only other the only other main difference uh, for for me is uh, just don't change your shoes in the parking lot. That's the big one. <laughs> uh, you could uh, not that you're going to get in a lot of trouble, but you know most of these places they center around the locker room. You change your shoes in there. Um, it's just so yeah. I mean, I would recommend even if if you're not playing with a member, um, most of the courses have websites and they've got guest rules on there. So just take a look over those. Um, 
and then don't show up there, you know, with a, a case of beer trying to get too rowdy. So other than that, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's still golf at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point that you make is literally like just ask questions. You know, these members that are inviting you out, I mean, literally they want to show off their club. Like they're super proud of it. They're not doing it in, most of them are not doing it in a big time flashy way. Like, look at me, I'm a member of this place. They really genuinely know you love golf and want to show off their club. Um, so I would say to people too is, is let them do that. You know, if, if they want to take you on a locker room tour, do so. If they want you to hit balls at the range, you know, do that. If they just want to putt, do it. Just kind of shadow whatever they're doing and, and kind of go with the flow of the day. Whatever it brings you, it brings. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, I, I kind of throw, you know, I love to play and, and try and shoot a score, but that stuff kind of goes out of the window. If I'm at some of these places, I'm there to enjoy the golf course, enjoy the company of my member. And so, like you said, I mean, my set routine of warming up is changed. It depends on the on the place. Like you said, if, if they want to do a, a tour and, and, you know, a lot of these places will have a lot of memorabilia and and stuff to to take a look at and and i'm more than you know one i want to see that stuff anyway but two you know if, if they want to show it to me or if they don't um you know like you said it's 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 their uh it's their show i'm just i'm just there to enjoy it so kind of just put yourself second and uh and enjoy the golf course when you get out there and everything else that comes with it and i think another good rule of thumb is is don't plan on a set time of your experience being over, you know, it, it might end sooner than you think you might end up being at the club for three to four hours after you're done because, you know, they want to wine and dine you and they, they want to pull you into the clubhouse and, and, and get you a, you know, a keepsake or something along those lines, or they want to take you on the wine cellar tour or something, you know, whatever, whatever they want to do, you know, let them have their time showing off to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, golf at its at its heart to me is about the people that you play with. I mean, um, and so, yeah, I've I've had I've run the gamut, you know, guys have, you know, had to leave right after. And, and so I left and it's been, the you know, the other, you know, you'll stay there for a few hours before you before you go home to the next place. So it's I mean, I'm thankful, though, that I mean, of all the places that I've played, I have not had a bad experience yet. I mean, which I think speaks to. Golf's got its, you know, warts or, you know, flaws, whatever, but there's a lot of good out there, um, and, and I've experienced a lot of it so far. All right, so what are we sitting at number-wise of courses you played in the top 100? And then I've also got to add into this question, what kind of list are you using as, as the top 100? Because obviously every publication has a little bit of a different tweak on it, and, uh, you know, different calculations on how they get that hundred. And then obviously every year as, as courses come into being, uh, the top hundred changes, you know, next year it's going to change because of the sheep ranch at bandit. I'm, I'm assuming that'll shoot right into the top hundred and knock someone else out. So how many you, are you at? And then what conglomerate list are you using? Sure. So, um, one of my, uh, big caveats for when I started it was I'm going to, I'm going to pick these lists and I'm going to freeze them in a moment in time. Um, so that kind of, that shields me from, you know, stuff coming on and stuff going off. Um, that was my wife's only, uh, only caveat. So I, I think I'm pretty lucky that that was all I was, all the only rule I had to follow. So I'm, I'm playing, um, 
four top 100 lists. So um, both of the major golf publications, um, the two biggest ones, they're, they're two top 100 overall in the U.S. and then their top 100 publics. So this is this is the tax accountant in me coming out so <laughs> excuse the ocd or whatever but um so that that's four lists when you put it together and so there's obviously 100 courses on each list but there's some overlap so um when you put them all together i think there's 237 um that i'm basically trying to play um and so to date um i've played 108 out of those 237 well that's that's pretty damn good I mean, that's going to make a lot of people jealous when they hear that. <laughs> well, and and yeah, I, you know, you're not the first person to, to use the word jealous. But like, I mean, it kind of goes back to and we'll probably get into some of it a little more here, too. But I mean, the golf world is small. I mean, just ask. I mean, I'm not. Yes, I'm a member at a private club, but it's a it's a small, you know, course here in South Carolina. I mean, it's nothing. It's not architecturally significant. It's not, you know calling its name out is not going to get me onto Cyprus or anything like you mentioned. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it can be done. I mean, I think it's just, it's networking. I mean, it's just, it takes, I mean, for lack of a better word work, I mean, it's a great thing to work towards obviously, but it just, you know, it takes patience and it takes, you know, just grinding at it. All right. So, so two questions. Uh, that's a good point. This is not something that's just going to, unless you're like a trust fund kid whose dad is a member of Augusta National, this is not going to fall into your lap. Like, that's a great point. This is something that if it is in your wheelhouse and you think you might be able to do it, you do need to work for it. I mean, you need to send emails. You need to make contacts with people. You need to almost kind of, you know, promote yourself. Um, so with that being said, there's going to be a bunch of people that listen to this and they're going to go like, how in the world did he get on this and this and this? You know, after looking over your website or looking on the Instagram page. Um, so what can you tell people? How, how do you do it? How do you get on these top private courses? Yeah. So I think that's, that's a great question. And that was kind of, you know, that was where I was starting out. I was like, you know, how am I going to do this? Um, and there's, I, I still ask that question about courses today that I haven't played yet. Um, you know, once we, once we get past all these crazy times is, is how I'm going to, how am I going to get to these places? I still don't know. I mean, this is, you know, I'm, I'm a younger guy. I'm in my thirties. I mean, this is a lifelong goal for me. So, so yeah, that was where I started with it. Um, and then, you know, how do you do it? Um, almost any way you can think of, I've gotten on places through social media, um, you know, Instagram, Twitter, both of those have, have, uh, provided at least one place for me to play. Um, I've written letters to courses, um, just kind of explaining, you know, my admiration for the, um, the course and their history, um, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and that has worked. It also hasn't worked. It just kind of, it just depends. Um, and then, you know, I've had my head pro call, uh, places that's worked. Um, that worked even before I was a member at a private club. So that's not just for, um, private club members. So I think it's just, it comes down to the bottom line of, of asking and it's a really fine line of not trying to come off as I don't know what word you want to use for it but pushy or whatever and and I, I think hopefully I, you know I, I think people would attest that 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 I don't do that um, but it's just like I said before you know just try to put good out in the golf world and I think it uh, it usually comes back to you 
would would you agree with the statement that you know if you are if you're kind if you're respectful that the worst thing someone can say is no to you that's it yeah that's that's absolutely um um the case and i mean i've i've gotten that no from from clubs uh usually once you i mean if you can find a way to get a member that's you're usually going to get a yes from them because like you mentioned before they want to share their course they they're proud of it and it's not like you said flashy or anything like that but i mean they're they're proud of what they've got and they want to show it to people and so you know once once you get the member the member in um you're usually in good shape there but yeah i've heard no plenty of times and i I don't you know i I don't take it personally um it, it is what it is it just it adds to that challenge i mean that's that's what this is in the grand scheme of things it's a it's a super fun challenge to try and play all these golf courses. And I mean, I look at it too. There's a ton of public, you know, I'm, I'm playing two top 100 public lists. So that's something, even if someone wanted to start there, I mean, you can, you can do that. And if that's all I ever complete, uh, th- this will be great. I mean, this is, there's no, there's no loser here in my mind. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting for, for all those people that hate hearing the word, no, Jimmy just said it. He's heard that over and over, yet he's played over a hundred of these top courses. So, like, there's a perfect example for you that no is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've heard yes more than I've heard no. Um, I'll, I'll preface that with that, you know, there's certain places I haven't asked just because you don't. But, um, you know, I've uh, it's it's gone better than I could have expected, you know almost six years into into doing this how did you how'd you come up with the name tiger golf traveler is that is that based <laughs> off of uh off of eldrick uh it's yeah it's partially partially based off tw um so i i went to clemson um and so there are our mascot there is is the tigers um yep so so proud alum and pr- proud fan of uh of my school so it's a combination of the two so it did just uh it worked together perfectly Okay. Well, that makes some sense. That makes some sense. Now, plus it's catchy. I mean, let's be honest. I appreciate it. That's uh, that's good to hear. Um. So, you know, I want I want to get into some of these courses that you've played. Um. Specifically, Yeamans Hall down in South Carolina. Um. Now, I'll tell anyone that'll listen. Anyone that knows me knows that that basically I'm a, a Southern boy that just happened to be born in the Northeast. So that's a course that's always kind of enthralled me. Um, Charleston is my favorite city in the world. You know, you, you, you can't tell me different. There's, there's nothing in my mind that's going to, you know, you can show me anywhere and, and it's always going to come back to, you know, the, the Holy city being, uh, number one. What, what, what is that course like? Cause I feel like that's a very under the radar course People ask me, oh, like, where's your, you know, what are your bucket list courses? And then once I get through, you know, the Augusta, the Cypress, those type of ones, you know, that, that always hits my second tier. And people are like, what's that? What was that experience like playing? That's, that's, that's a great one to ask about because, yeah, like you said, Yemen's is under the radar. It's not for people in South Carolina. I mean, it's, we know about it. Um, it's, uh, it's one you definitely, um, definitely want to play. And it's funny that you mentioned, you know, being a, uh, a southern guy at heart i'm it's i'm funny i'm kind of like the opposite i live down here but my family's all from from new england so yeamans is funny in that their history i mean they were founded by a bunch of people from from new york um all their founding members um and super cool history there if you ever get to go 
Um, you know, there's a there's a railroad track that runs. It's the basically the entrance of the club. If you have you ever seen pictures, they're out there on social media. But um, yeah, they founded the place. the The railroad went right there, and they built homes on on the site. So, but yeah, that's uh, after that aside. I mean, the actual experience. Um, I hadn't been actively trying to play Yemen's other than you know just casual conversations with people about what I'm doing and and all that. So it was always one that. Yeah, I wanted to get to um, for sure, but it wasn't one that I was, you know, beating down the door or pursuing really hard. Um, and I played that one, I guess it was uh, January of 19 when I played it. But um, the summer before that, I was uh, just on a trip by myself playing a couple of public places around Virginia. And I ended up the last course on that trip was the Cascades at the Homestead. Yep, great place. That's a yeah. that's a fantastic area of the country there with Williamsburg and Kingsmill, yep. uh mm-hmm. Golden Horseshoe, all those courses. Yep. So that was that was uh so I was playing that just uh as the last I think it was the Sunday morning of my trip before I headed headed down and I ended up getting paired with uh two other singles, you know, just you know, seven thirty tea time, three guys um paired together and uh you know, we get talking and as it I mean it usually comes up and around a golf and this is just kind of where I mentioned before, you know, just keeping your ears open and, and, and being a good citizen in the golf world. I mean, I, I was just kind of talking about stuff. And one of the guys was like, Oh, have you played Yamens yet? And I was like, uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, but I would love to, do you know, uh, do you know anybody or, or whatever? And he's like, well, I'm a member. And I was like, Oh, sweet. <laughs> um, so, and this is kind of where you got to like, got to temper yourself you can't be like okay when can i come you know like yeah everything you in your, jump every, out, yeah. Of your sh- out of your skin there you know yeah so i was like okay great man you know let's uh let's exchange contact information and uh and you know stay in touch and you know it's just a another um example in the book of another great experience you know a guy had me down i think i we played that round in uh june or july i think of 18 and then January of the next year, I was I was down playing Yemen's on my birthday, no less. So that was uh, it was it was pretty great, um, and you know had a great time. And it's uh, it's everything they say it is. It's a pretty damn good birthday present. Yeah, I would I would agree. So to me, like Yemen strikes me as a very um, low key style top tier course, and there's so many of those out there in the country that either don't want the publicity of these big courses that maybe hold events or, or, or don't want the publicity of, you know, being on all these top hundred lists and they're just as good, you know, as, as any of these top 25, 35 courses uh, out there in the U S what courses have you played that kind of match that criteria that maybe not a lot of people know about, but you left the round and you were just like, Oh my God, how is this not on the tip of everyone's tongue? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm even on my site now trying to remember, uh, you know, once they go into that category, but, um, you know, I think, uh, one that I don't know to me, I, I think golf architecture, you know, nerds for lack of a better term, they, they, they know about it. Um, but like Eastward Ho and on the Cape of Massachusetts was one that blew me away. Um, and, and I didn't, I didn't really know about it until I started, doing this, you know, like, like you mentioned before, everybody knows Augusta, Cypress, uh, Marion, all, all these, all these main, um, 
you know, ones that everybody knows, but I would say Eastward Ho is probably like my, my biggest surprise or like best feeling coming away with it from a, from a private golf course standpoint. I mean, that, that place just absolutely, it's in my top five that I've played. Um, but I just, I can't say enough good things about it. What about it specifically kind of, kind of makes its way into that top five for you? Yeah. So I think, um, the setting is one it's on, it's on the Bay in the, in the Cape there in Massachusetts. And it's, so you've got some great views and, you know, part of the course is on the water. Um, but it's kind of varied too, you know, part of it's not on the water. Um, and then the, the fairway, I've never seen fairway movement in a golf course in America, like Eastward Hose and, and, and specifically their first, uh, six, seven holes there. I mean, it's just, it was like something I've never seen before. Um, and so just seeing the contours and, and the views and, um, added that I, I did have a, a great member host there that, that, that made that topped off the day, but yeah, it's just, it's not like any other course I've played really in, in America. So, um, it's not my all time favorite, but, uh, it's up there. Yeah. I mean the, the pictures of it look absolutely stunning. Um, and I mean, just, just the fact that it's not called, you know, something, something country club or golf club or something <laughs> like that, like it, it, that has to be one of the greatest names in an you know uh, for an american course oh yeah it's great i mean it's i know the name is um i don't want to butcher the history because i love i love the history of some of these but i don't have it all you know with me but it's based on uh there's a course called westward ho westward ho in uh in the uk and uh so it's kind of it's kind of based off that name and uh yeah it's just yeah all time well definitely one of the best all-time names yeah, it's just uh, uh, absolutely wild, and and so I'm I, I run on your site too. Um, as I was doing some some research here, is that you play with a guy that that owned the Mariners for a bit? <laughs> like that's like you know I think not only is this experience that you're going through and this lifetime goal amazing, but I'm sure the people that you meet are just uh, so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably my best story of like, you know, from a standpoint of someone being, I guess, quote unquote famous, but and so I won't give away his name, but, uh, yeah, the guy that was, was hosting him, he was a guest that the, the guy that owned the Mariners was a guest that day too. And he, the, his host just kind of mentioned to me earlier, I think standing on the corner of the green or something. He's like, you know, he used to own the Mariners if you like baseball. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, yeah. So we, talk, we talked a little bit about it and, uh, you know, I mean, couldn't have been a better guy. It was, it was super fun. I would have never known. Um, he wasn't flashy about any of that. He, he didn't, he didn't like I said, he didn't even bring it up. Um, but yeah, just, a that was just a cool, a cool fact to learn about, you know, on like our fourth or fifth hole of the day, like, Hey, so-and-so owned the Mariners. Like, Oh, cool. <laughs> One of the things that I've always found is the people that, you know, uh, how do I put it? Uh, you know, that are, are truly wealthy or, or let's say truly well off and have almost, you know, nothing to worry about monetarily or stuff are usually, usually now, you know, preface by saying that are, are some of the most down to earth people out there. It, it's the ones that want to be those people that always seem to be the flashiest, you know, and, and people that I've met at clubs that I've played in courses that I've played at, um, you know, just just tend to be regular good people and you have this amazing connection and that connection is golf 
Yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely true. I mean I'm I am not uh, in that stratosphere from a standpoint of you know where I'm at, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know I'm I'm out there, I'm in their group, and for those four hours, you know however long or short that is, I mean we're just guys out there playing golf, and that's the way I look at it. I mean I, I'm not judging them, I they're not judging me, and you know we're just out there to have a good time. What has been the coolest thing you've seen at one of these courses that you've played? So, uh, so many interesting things out there. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll do two kind of um, on, on opposite ends of the spectrum, I guess you could say. Um, the windmill at National Golf Links. Has um, to be one of the coolest things out there, right? Has to yeah, be. yeah. And I mean, I had seen countless pictures of it. Um, but just, you know, kind of being 10 feet away, looking at it and just kind of just taking it all in um, was, I don't know, man, you get, you get like goosebumps, you know, at certain places and you kind of, you can feel the history and, um, you know, you're seeing some place that, and for me, I still, even when I show up at places like that, I'm like, how is this hat? Like, I didn't, how is this happening to me? Um <laughs> And so you just, I, I kind of, for me, I, I kind of, it's a good reminder to just be thankful and grateful for those opportunities, you know, I mean, cause you know, I mean, we can talk about what's going on now, but I mean, this is just another reminder of don't take this stuff for granted. I mean, I'm thankful for everything that happens because, you know, something like what, what we're going through now can happen and it, it kind of sp- snaps you back to reality. So um, but yeah, the, the, the windmill is, is probably high there. And then the other, other cool thing that I, that I would say that I've seen is, um, the food and beverage at some of these places is just off the charts. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm not talking about, you know, getting a burger at the turn or anything like that. I'm talking about, I won't name the course, but I know like the turn, uh, shack, if you want to call it for, for any better, uh, term, I, I walked in there and there was literally any, type of candy that you wanted it, it was i was blown away like i mean it's you know countless drawers of like you want a full kit kat you want um jolly ranchers like whatever you want and then just you know they'll charge you at the end you know there's like an honor system and um it was just i was like this is <laughs> this is unreal um so so those are my two uh two things that come to mind and i'm sure you know i'm probably definitely leaving something out but it's just there's all kinds of crazy stuff out there. So I've, I've got to ask you, um, because I am a, a, a big proponent, I'm a big collector of, let's call it golf memorabilia, for lack of a better word. And obviously, when you go to these courses, you can find literally one-of-a-kind items that are only available in the pro shop there. You know, Maybe on eBay, but most of the time, only available in these pro shops. Uh, the logos of some of these courses are just astronomically good so i've got to ask you what are some of your top logos of the courses that you've been to and then also what do you normally get when you go to one of these clubs what's your keepsake what's your go-to keepsake gotcha so from a keepsake standpoint i was kind of like i feel like i was directionless when i started this so i would get a lot of you know i'd get a a golf shirt or whatever and then i was like this is gonna be you know (laughs) this is gonna be too expensive um, so I had to get away from that. Um, so now I've kind of, I've stuck with, I think logo balls is where I'm, I'm sticking with. Um, cause most places have that. 
Um, it's a, you know, I've got the, the racks where you can keep them. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's where I go. And I've still, you know, I've got pencils from certain ones. I've got bag tags that they, they provided. So I've kind of like, I'm not the best, I'm OCD in a lot of things, but that's not one of them for some reason. Um, so I've got a little bit of everything, but logo balls, I think would be my main, my main go-to. Um, now logos is a tough one. Um, I'll say that like, I, I definitely gravitate towards, um, logos without the name of the club in them yes i agree a hundred percent yeah so like um those are the ones that I, I definitely prefer and a lot of courses have they'll have variants you know they'll they'll have one that has it in it one that doesn't i'll, I'll go back to national golf links is a great logo um and then i think my other favorite um prairie dunes um which is my favorite course in america um out in kansas they have a I forget, I'm going to mess this up, but I think they have a, a, it's a yucca plant, basically, that all their stuff is, uh, you know, it's, it's all their rough outside the fairway. And you don't want to go in it, but the, they have a logo with just the plant, and, and it's, it's all time, all time good. So. Yeah, those are, those are classic because it's an if-you-know-you-know you know type deal. It, it's not uh, in-your-face, Blair. It's not a neon sign, you know, in big, bold letters, you know, uh, Aronimink, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that, or or yep. uh, Oakland Hills or something, whatever. It's, it's, it's subtle, and, and, and that's what I love, just that, that subtlety, that old-world-style charm that, that's been around since, you know, a lot of these courses, you know, early 1900s or, or whatnot. Yep. What's, what's the most unique type of merchandise that you've seen in clubs? Because... You know, if, if people haven't played any of these clubs, one of the things that you'll find is there's a lot of money that exchanges hands at these clubs. And they can go in in a pro shop and make something very weird that might only sell one or two pieces a year, but it doesn't matter because they're selling a bunch of other stuff. Now, if you go to a public course, you're going to get all your basic stuff. You're going to get your polo, your quarter zip, your logo balls, like you mentioned, hat, maybe a flag. What's the most unique piece of merchandise that you've seen for sale that's an interesting one i I, uh you know you'll definitely see um at a lot of these places that like you said more than just the traditional stuff you'll have the turvis tumblers where you can get all that stuff flasks um you can get flags from the course framed um the big thing that i noticed at a lot of these places that uh, you know that's that's unique is that um some of them will have, you know, they've had a history written on their course, uh, you know, a whole book about it and, and, you know, for sale in the, in the pro shop. Um, and so usually limited quantity, but, um, that's definitely something, you, you know, you're not going to see in your, you know, even, you know, run of the mill private places is, uh, you know, Hey, here's a, here's an entire chronological history of our golf course. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's something that I would say is probably the most unique to some of these places, just the history that goes into them and then, and then how they can chronicle that in a, in a full book. What's been the best public course available to anybody that you've played that you would recommend if someone said to you, Hey man, I've got, you know, 500 bucks and and my wife said I can take a trip to any public course that I could get on tomorrow. What would you tell them? Well, with, with $500, I mean, you may need a, a little bit more, but I can't. I mean, Pebble Beach is great. Um, uh, yeah, let's. I would, you know, I 
I said the 500 because of that. Let's make it 350. So sure. take Pebble out of it because Pebble, you've got to stay. You know what I mean? Sure. So that $500 level really becomes 2000 Let, Let's say three, 400 bucks, and someone can take a trip anywhere. Sure. Um, I, I, it's Bandon. I mean, <laughs> you know, um, any of the courses at Bandon Dunes, I, I, I loved being out there. Um, you can do it. You can make it reasonable from a standpoint of, you know, I don't know if everybody knows, but like your second round of the day out there is half price. Um, your third round of the day is free, I think. Um, so, and it's, you know, it's golf all the time out there. So play three times and get one free. So, so Bandon is, is, is one of the ones that I, uh, I would recommend at that, at that 350 number or less. Now I've never been, but I actually just got the Dream Golf magazine in the mail um, on Friday. So I've been perusing through that. Plan on going out to Sand Valley, nice. um, either this summer or next. You know, depending on uh, <laughs> what's going on in the world and if, <laughs> yeah. if there's a Sand Valley to you know to go to. Yeah. Um, and and you know I've I've never been to Bandon. I've read so much on the place. I feel like I've played every course there now. Um, speaking of that place, and you're hundred percent right. That's what it is. It's full price, half price, no price on, on those three. Um, there's always the debate on the best course out there. So just to kind of, you know, divert a little bit, what's your favorite of the banding courses? So I, I think I'm in the minority of everyone. Um, Bandon trails is my favorite. Um, and so I, I was definitely, I, I was out there. Uh, it's funny. I do a, <laughs> doing this. You kind of get used to solo rounds and trips um so my wife was out there but she wasn't you know playing the courses with me so um i ended up getting paired on a couple of the rounds but um you know yeah just talking with the caddy out there just me and him and i, I found that I, I uh i think i line up with a lot of the caddies is what he was telling me is that they they play abandoned trails the most um whether it's their favorite or not who knows but um so yeah that one's my favorite which is kind of kind of different because it's not really on the water um it's kind of back in the forest but uh that just i don't know for whatever reason that one spoke to me the most from a standpoint of just the golf course itself taking out the the scenery i know you've been to a ton of different areas of the country and maybe it's not a fair question um because i personally i can't narrow it down to one so i don't think it's fair but i'm going to ask it anyway what area of the country is your favorite in, in terms of golf? Yeah, hard question. Um, it's, it's Pinehurst to me. Um, okay, I'm in, the, I'm in the same boat. I mean, you yeah. can't, you know, like if Charleston's my favorite city in the world, like I'll fight anybody that thinks there's a better area of the country than Pinehurst. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, I worked there for two summers in college, you know, doing uh, doing various stuff around the resort. I mean, it's just... It's just a great place. I mean, and the and the quality of golf and the affordability of most of it. I mean, yeah, there's there's Pinehurst number two at the at the top, but um, you know, Tobacco Road's thirty minutes away. Um, all these other, you know, I mean, there's so many good golf courses there. Mid Pines, Pine Needles, um, Southern Pines, which is basically a municipal course. I mean, it's you know, twenty five, thirty five, forty five bucks, whatever, um, and it's you know. They're all great. I haven't. It's you know every every place I've played there, I've enjoyed. Yeah, even even the I hate I I really do I hate saying low level 
courses there. But even even the lower tier ones like, you know, Longleaf or Talamore are, are still phenomenal courses that blow away your local muni. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just I mean, Southern Pines is the perfect uh, golf club is the perfect example of that. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's got bent greens and in the summer that they, they can get a little, you know, you know, a little slower, so they're they're keeping them, you know, in good health. But I, I've I've played that place a couple times. I, I it's so enjoyable, and it's fifty bucks out of your pocket. I mean, it's you know, it's it's cheaper than some you know of your public places, depending on where you live in the country. And it's you know, it's old school Donald Ross. I mean, it's just great. Um, Pinehurst is Pinehurst is the best. Yeah, I mean, Pinehurst is, is Pinehurst, and, and people do themselves a big disservice when they overlook everything but but two and four because, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that Pinehurst has a course there for everybody. You know, it it has the, the sandscaped course. It has, you know, the course that's more lush, that plays more like an Augusta style, you know, when you get out to like eight and nine at the National out there at the golf club. And then you've got short courses from one and three. Um, you know, you've, you've got the cradle. Like it literally has any style of golf that you could want in the Sand Hills region there. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, and that's, and that's just the resort, you know, and there's, there's so much other stuff. I mean, there's 40 plus 50 plus golf courses there that, you know, you've got whatever, you know, nine, 10 that are associated with the resort, but, um, there's so much else there. I mean, it's, I can't recommend Pinehurst en- enough to people just go, even if you don't play one resort course, you're going to have a great time. Yeah. You, you can spend a lot of time in that area. I, I have spent a lot of time in that area and have not played every course down that way. I mean, it's just, uh, and, and not to mention some of the privates, that are in and around there too, you know, just talking kind of pri- uh, public ones as of right now. It's mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yep. Um, I've got to, I've got to ask you after playing so many of these courses and, and kind of seeing what's out there, what still remains on your bucket list? Yeah. So like the, the biggest ones are, you know, Augusta, Cyprus. Um, th- those are the main ones from a, a U.S. standpoint, but like, my big thing that I want to do, I mean, aside from obviously this big thing that I'm already doing, but um, I want to get over to Scotland and Ireland. I've never been there um, from for a golf standpoint. I've, I've been to to Europe that didn't play. And uh, yeah, Scotland and Ireland are probably the top of of what I w- would want to put on my bucket list, I guess. Um, those are that's the that's the first place I'd like to go from a outside the U.S. standpoint. Yeah, that opens up a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly right. So, but uh, uh, I'm locked in on this for now, and and that'll that'll hopefully come in the future. So, so living in the South, you know, obviously not everything is is close to you, and and everyone that's traveled for a golf trip probably has some sort of story where something has gone awry. Even if you're not traveling from a golf trip, you know, travel in the U.S. is not always flawless. Uh, do you have any of those stories of, of things that have gone wrong or have you been pretty lucky so far with all the travel? Well, like, I, I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm knocking on wood. Um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I have golf clubs have, have so far arrived. Um, that's, that's my main fear. Um, but you know, like I said before, I, I don't really care about the score at a place, so I'll play it with rental clubs if I need to, but I've been, I've been pretty blessed in the, in the fact that, uh, 
we usually fly southwest i mean you know no ads or whatever but uh you know bags fly free so that that really helps and uh in cutting down some of the cost and and so far they've the the clubs have always uh have always made it so um and i've been pretty blessed with weather too um but uh you know yeah from a standpoint of yeah if i'm in california it's the opposite end of the country and if if a member i'm playing with or whatever if it's a public course if it's open and it's pouring rain i'm gonna play it um you know it, it may not see it in its best light but but i'm gonna get out there if, if i can so it's just kind of you know you roll with the punches and and don't and try not to let that stuff affect you have you had to play any of these top courses without your regular gamer clubs at all or have you played them all with your clubs uh shadow creek is the only one that i played with Reynolds. okay that's um, that's funny because my buddy scott who does the podcast as well that's that's the one for him also yeah it was uh it was funny i was out there for a conference for work and uh you know the whole story of shadow creek you can it's public technically but you can only play it if you stay at an mgm property and um so i was out there for a conference and kind of just shoehorned it in <laughs> so i was on a five thirty flight from south carolina and I was like, I don't have, you know, I'm playing one time. I don't have time for the clubs and, and all this. So, so they set me up with a, a rental set and all that. So that, that was the only time I've had to, had to do it, but no complaints. Be, yeah. To be fair at, at a place like that, the rental sets you're getting are, uh, you know, a lot better than if you were at some local public track somewhere and they pull the bag of clubs out of the back. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a full set of tailor-mades and, you know, for, from whatever year I, I played it. So it was <laughs> Like no complaints. Um, I had a I had a great time. So, um, one of the things, and I, you know, I've been playing golf now for gosh, I don't even know how many years. I have to do the math in my head quickly. Um, but I still, even if I'm playing with my buddies, that first tee shot always still gets me a little bit. You know, what I mean the the heart rate's pumping. I always want to start my round off well. I always want to, you know, whether hit the fairway or come close to it. You never want to hit a ball OB on the first one or lose a ball or anything like that or top one. What has been, out of this entire journey, the most intimidating first tee shot that you've experienced? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I would probably have to say Marion. Okay, um, I, I knew. I Okay, you have to give me a second <laughs> one after that because I know it's that because everyone's sitting out there and they're staring at you and, and they're so close. So I, I get that. But go ahead and, and, and tell that to the people. And then you're going you're gonna to have to give me a second one because I knew that was it. All right. Um, so, yeah, that – so for people that don't know, like the, the dining area is kind of uh, – it's, it's funny how close it is to the first tee. Um, and it's not directly to your left. It's – in front of you and to the left. Um, and I, I fight a, a quick hook when I miss. Um, and I was terrified. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that one, and, and they're not, uh, so much judging you or anything. I'm just trying not to, you know, snap hook one into somebody's soup and, you know, send them to the hospital. So, um, so that's the tough one. Uh, the second, you know, if, uh, another one that, that People probably know, but from a public standpoint, Beth Page was pretty, uh, <laughs> yep. pretty intense because you know it's it's super busy, um, heckling crowd of New Yorkers gathered back there. Yeah, and I don't know. I probably had a Red Sox hat on that day that too. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you got forty, fifty guys there, kind of just uh, you know waiting to see what you do, and it's you know Beth Page is hard, um, and so 
that was uh, that was one where yeah, I've hit my share of bad for shots, but I absolutely piped that one, so that felt pretty good. Isn't it funny a club like Marion? If that if that was done today, and you had outdoor seating in that area near first tee, like the owner of the club would call you a lunatic. People would berate it. Like, like who in the world designed this for, for patrons to be hit by, you know, flying golf balls by the public. But <laughs> since it's Marion and since it's such an old time course and, and in the, the annals of golf history in the U S you know, it's in the upper echelon. We look at it in a, in a completely different light. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, over time, a lot of these, you know, architecture things whether it be on the golf course or like you mentioned with marion there it just kind of it becomes kind of this quirk of you know <laughs> you know long ago something in the past and it just kind of it is what it is now so it's uh it's funny yeah they yeah you'd never you'd never do that today but it's cool that it's there uh jimmy let people know where they can follow this incredible journey because not you know they're gonna they're gonna get a taste of it now but I think your website details things in, in, in a much more succinct light with, with the pictures that you take on it. And, and, and you know what I, what I like? Here's one of the things, and I'm going to give you props for this. In, in today's Instagram age, everyone's trying to outdo each other with different angles of, of holes and stuff like that. And sometimes I'll look on Instagram at holes that even I've played, and I'll go, what, what the hell is that? Like, there's no way in the world that's the whole that I've played, but you, you present it in a simplistic manner, you know, kind of green looking back or T looking forward. And you kind of give people an idea of what playing the hole actually looks like. So for that, I appreciate and applaud you. And, and, and I personally like that. Um, so let people know where they can find you in the social media world to kind of keep up with this journey that you're on. Sure. Well, well, thank you for saying that. I mean, I am by no means a professional photographer and, and, and you kind of hit on it. I mean, that's my goal is to show people what the course looks like from a playing standpoint. Um, and, and I, I leave the other, I love all those photos and all this stuff on Instagram. It's great. Uh, but I'm just not talented enough to do that. Um, I'll get an odd angle here or there, but I, I want to show people, you know, here, here's, here's what you're going to see. And, and here's what it is just on a, on a normal day-to-day -day basis. Um, so yeah, where you can find me, you mentioned uh, the website, tigergolftraveler.com. Um, Instagram handle is the same, tigergolftraveler. Um, Instagram's probably the best place on social media to, to see me. I try and do, uh, there's some personal stuff on there too, but it's it's mostly mostly golf. Um, I'll do, I'll go back and do, you know, like an 18 days of kind of thing and, and uh and go over, you know, do one photo from each hole for the for the course, and kind of relive some of the some of the places I've been. So that's always that's that's what I try and do there. Keep it light. It's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. This is something that I that I truly nerd out on uh, completely. Like this is without a doubt one of the little subsections of the golf world that I am completely intrigued by. I love seeing other courses. I kind of like seeing how the other half lives. I. I love seeing, you know, what other people uh, consider their home course and, and especially meeting guys like you that have been out there and have experienced so much. So I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and chatting and giving our listeners a little insight as to what it's like to play some of these top tier courses. Well, I mean, you know, thank you to you for having me and, and, and letting me kind of tell my story. And, and I'd be remiss if I didn't thank, you know, all the people that have hosted me and in a way, I mean, golf is a, a truly great game and uh it's given back to me more than 
than I can ever hope to give to it, but I just keep trying to to give it what I can, uh, and I'm, I'm thankful for all the opportunities that I've had. I think that's a, a, a fitting ending right there, my man. All right, people, so either get busy golfing or get busy dying. <laughs>